welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Dan, hey, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. (laughs) Thank you. I am so honored to be here today. I'm excited to have you because we're talking about one of my favorite things to talk about. We were just kind of (laughs) chatting about how I can't remember. I should have looked before we started recording it. This is number seven or eight of this Uh kind of unofficial sex series that Uh we're having on the show. Um, And so you co-founded Get Your Marriage On and you developed the Intimately Us app. And then you also started the Get Your Marriage On podcast. I need you to tell me about the things like, tell me about, <laughs> cause you're like me, like you have all wear all the hats. So tell me about right, it. Right. Oh, I, I don't know. I just do what I love and I, I love everything to do with strengthening marriages. And of course, sex and intimacy is like you, one of my favorite topics to talk yeah. about too. So <laughs> anyway, I can like legitimately do it for work. <laughs> or right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to do it. So <laughs> that's awesome. Uh-huh. How did that like get started? Like where, how did you get to a place where this is kind of your, your niche? Oh, wow. Like if you'd ask, if you'd tell me four years ago that this is what I'd be doing, I would like totally not believed you at all. Like say, what planet are you from? Cause that's just not me. Yeah. So uh, some background, my wife and I have been friends since middle school and we weren't like high school sweethearts, I guess you'd say, but we're always in the same circle of friends. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we went to college, different universities. And we came back one summer and we just really hit it off. And we spent every day together that summer. We we're engaged by the end of the summer. And yeah. we've had, I guess you could say a good marriage. Like right now we have six children and so life is busy. And uh, anyway, uh, just after our uh, 13th anniversary, I was having a conversation with one of my friends. And he opened up about his sex life to me. And I just some context. We're both pretty conservative background, mm-hmm. Christian. I guess what you'd expect, like com- open conversations about what your friends are doing behind their bedroom door. Like those aren't conversations I have every yeah. day. And yeah. so it completely caught me off guard. And he was telling me about like the new things he and his wife were trying, told me about these like Christian friendly websites where they found like stick figure sex position ideas like, <laughs> yeah. like, like detailed like how to for like, certain techniques and um my jaw was dropping like the whole time like oh my goodness <laughs> you're but like are point, we even allowed right? to talk about <laughs> like, this? i was like, blushing the whole time yeah i i don't talk about these things i don't even google my sex questions right. like like <laughs> come on like i don't go online looking for anything like this well, because i didn't know like, what i'd find right it's very questionable what you're gonna <laughs> right. land on exactly i and i because i didn't know where the line was it just felt like a whole lot, like a minefield. And I don't know where the mines are. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just safer to like, not even explore. That's kind yeah. of how I felt. So here I had this friend who like went exploring through the minefield and like, he found some good stuff. Didn't blow up. <laughs> yeah. It didn't blow up. But the point is he was really, the reason why he was telling me all this wasn't to like brag, but it was because he was really sincere. He's like, Dan, my marriage has never been like so good. Like 
we communicate better than ever. Mm-hmm. We're like the closest in, that we've ever been together, like as friends. Not only that, like my work is going better. My relationship, with my kids is better. Like everything, I'm more relaxed. Mm-hmm. Like everything in life is like better because our sex life is better. Mm-hmm. And so they've really invested in their sex life and everything's better. And I'm, I kind of wanted that for me too. Yeah. So I go home that night and I tell my wife, you'd never guess what kind of conversation I had today. And, but I was kind of really self-conscious too. Cause I was like, am I a good enough lover for you? Right. Like, how, like maybe there's some things you've always wanted to try or do, or you had some complaints about the quality of our sex life that you've never voiced. And because that was part of the conversation I was having with this friend and mm-hmm. how his wife kind of came to him and started it all saying, you know, you really need to up your game because <laughs> I'm not getting taken care of. Uh-huh. And at first he was really offended that she would say that. And anyway, so I was really self-conscious now, like maybe there's some things Emily hasn't like really told me anyway, that really opened up probably the most intimate, uh, vulnerable conversation that we've had to that point in our marriage. And we probably stay up to 2 a.m. that night talking. And then the next night, we just, just talked more and more and more. And it's just like onion layers, right? It just uncovered more and more and more. And we decided we needed to learn more about, about sex. And because, you know, we've been so avoidant of that mm-hmm. topic and realizing, you know, there's a lot of good out there probably. So we, we started with some Christian books and we found a really good one and we read that. And then we've got another one. And then within a year, we read like 12 books together. We totally nerded out on a topic yeah. and all of a sudden, like, we're, we're like busy. Yeah. <laughs> we're, like bedtime is eight 30 kids. Like, we're really strict about <laughs> yeah. our bedroom door is locked. And then yep. like, we all of a sudden are connecting better and my work is getting better and we're communicating better. And like the sky is bluer and the grass <laughs> is greener. Just, I have a bounce and pep in my step. Like everything in life is so much better. I'm like, this is too good to keep to ourselves. And my background's in software development. I run a software development company. We build okay. apps for all sorts of businesses. I thought we would, you know, it would be great is an app. Cause one of the things that really got us going is making better, making sex playful mm-hmm. and like, making it really fun in the bedroom. And we could talk about like some ideas later if you want, but like when we made sex kind of like a game, it really like got us out of our shells a bit and we could laugh and we can goof off and can try new things and kind of be really vulnerable with each other. And it's okay because, Hey, we're just having fun. And if you're going to be vulnerable and safe with anybody, like, shouldn't it be this person that you said you're going to do this thing with for the rest of your life and just this person, like, (laughs) If like if you're the only person I'm sleeping with, can we at least make it fun? Like <laughs> I saw something the other day about like if you're not laughing at some point, like when you're having sex, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah, you know what you're I mean? too like, serious, uh-huh. right? And maybe not like every time, uh-huh. but I just think like it, it. I feel like every conversation about married sex ties back to purity culture. Like, especially uh-huh. if you were saying y'all grew up like Christian and conservative, we're like raising these kids being like, sex is bad. We're never talking about it. And then we're sending them off into marriage and being like, figure it out. But like, right, right, don't right. Google it because <laughs> whatever you find is going to be terrible. And right, so right. we wonder why Christians are like having horrible sex while non-Christians are having great sex, but we're the ones that have the direct line to the guy that created it. Like right. it's so backwards. <laughs> I've been thinking about this topic a bit because on my computer, like there's a minimize button and a maximize button and a close button. Right. Mm-hmm. 
I think those are the extremes when it comes to sex in Christian culture. One end is the minimize button. And that's where we don't want to talk about it. We want to make it as small as possible. We kind of don't want to like bring it to light. And then there's a maximize button. And that's like maybe more of the worldly trend. Let's like put it on display. Let's Mm -hmm. go to the extremes here. And, you know, there's that end. And then there's the close, which is altogether shut off our sexuality. Mm-hmm. And I, neither of them are great. We want, we want to be open and in a very accessible way within the right context. And it can be super beautiful. Mm-hmm. It can be life-giving. It takes your marriage from survival mode to thrive mode. Yes. Like has so many good benefits to it too. Well, you said something, and I, I know you talk a lot about like bedroom games and it being like a game and fun. And that's crazy because my husband and I, we've been married 10 years this year. And we started talking I think probably in like the last four to five years, we started talking about our sex life in terms of like a video game, Uh like leveling up. And there have been Uh times where afterwards we're like, did we just unlock a new level? I think we just unlocked a new new (laughs) level, like Mario Kart or something. Uh It's funny that you say that because it's like, it's true. Like if you, and I think so, and I've, one of the people that I've had on to talk about sex talked a lot about the just complete and total lack of communication that we're just kind of trying to like do it and it'd be great without talking about it when we're not having sex, we're trying not to talk about it when we are having sex. And it's like, when, once we started communicating outside of the bedroom and inside of the bedroom, like, I think it's great to like Google and and find new things and, you know, cultivate resources. But like, we haven't really done a ton of that because we've just talked, like just talking about it is huge. Yes. Yes. Did you find that? Like, just like, having well, yeah. a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like our story that night. Yeah, That's like where home. everything yeah. started. It started yeah. with that deep conversation. Right. And having conversations since then. Yep. And I think there is a time and a place for resources too. When you're like, when you're both like, you have that conversation though, like, mm-hmm. I think we need a little more creativity yeah. here, a little more ideas or what were some of the books that, that y'all read in case people are like, wait, you just talk about books and then moved on. Oh, like, yeah. I need these books. Oh yeah. Yeah. The first book we read together was the good girl's guide to great sex by Sheila Ray Gregor. Okay. She's written a few other wonderful books and I recommend them all. Yeah. So think about that book for me, I guess is the right time, right place. I binge read that whole book in like one evening. Yeah. <laughs> My wife fell asleep. We're reading together. She fell asleep and I just stayed up and I read the whole book. But she paints the picture like, like it's good and it's right and it's okay. Like it gave me permission to, to be okay about actually admitting I, I like sex and I yeah. want more of it because it's mm-hmm. more of a good thing in my life. And it also normalized everything for me. So it was a good reset for me. But as far as a book, more on the scientific side that really answered a lot of my questions about why things are the way they are like happening Mm -hmm. from an anatomy standpoint and whatever it would be. The book is called come as you are by Dr. Emily Nagowski. Yes. I have heard of that one. So that's an excellent book. Uh, The, the third book that's really helped me because I, with sex, some people relegate it to just the physical and what mm-hmm. kind of what happens. Mm-hmm. But I believe it's, it's a lot more than that. It's about intimacy. It's about really knowing each other and being known. Yeah. And I think sexually is probably the most intimate you can be with another person, mm-hmm. but some people are afraid of intimacy. And I mean, that is in like actually being known by someone or actually wanting to know another person kind of mm-hmm. on that level. And mm-hmm. so the greater your capacity for intimacy, 
which is another way of saying the greater your capacity to be exposed, right? Like vulnerable using yeah. like Brene Brown's terminology there, mm-hmm. the greater your, your sexual connection. And there's a, there's a book called intimacy and desire by Dr. David Schnarch that does a really deep dive on how to build an intimate relationship. So you have very intimate sex, yeah. intimate sex in his opinion, and in my opinion too, is the very pinnacle. It's like the, the boss level of boss levels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it is the final level. Right. Well, and I like, I love that you touched on like all of it, right. It's like, uh-huh. there's the physical, there's the biological scientific, and then there's the like intimacy, spiritual side of it. Like sex, like you were saying, sex, isn't just like this physical action. It's so multifaceted that it like, it impacts like you, the sky is more blue. Like that's, that's biological. I remember I had a doctor on talking about sex and, or no, it's somebody talking about that. When a woman has an orgasm, her cortisol levels, like completely clear, Uh huh. like women are so stressed out. Like we're all kind of generally oh, yeah, yeah. stressed out. Uh-huh. But like our adrenals are jacked to hell. And like, that's just like this really simple biological way to like reset, reset, like hit a reset <laughs> button. And it makes so much sense though. And it's mm-hmm. and on another side, uh, when I feel like my husband and I are like distant, it's always because we have not been prioritizing sex. And he'll, yes. he knows that enough now that I'll be like, are we okay? Like, I feel like we're weird. And he's like, no, we've just been really busy and haven't had sex in a while. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, that is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then you can just go reset and things are better. It really, and immediately after I'm like, oh no, we were fine. I just, yeah, yeah. I needed to like <laughs> connect with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So what are some of the ways that you have uncovered? Like, I feel like there are probably people that are listening that are like, I can't even get to like the books and like, I need to learn how to embrace my sexuality. I need to learn how to be okay with it myself. Like, how do you feel like Christians can embrace their sexuality and therefore be able to step into these kinds of I like the word virtue because we use that a lot. And I think in the Christian world, we sometimes associate virtue with chastity. Mm. And I am all in favor of chastity. I believe strongly that sex is to be saved for marriage. We believe in being chased before marriage and completely have fidelity after marriage. Mm-hmm. But, when, but virtue to me is more than just chastity. It means your ability to affect good in the world. When you read Proverbs 31 about a virtuous woman, mm. they're not talking about how chaste she is. You're reading about how her she's she's a strong woman because of her ability to affect good in the world. So when you can like embrace your own sexuality as virtue, this is my ability to affect good in the world. This is my ability to great to make the sky a little bluer and the grass yeah. a little greener, for instance. Yeah. Or this is my ability to, you know, create something so deeply profound that it's, it's, it's akin to like a spiritual creation mm-hmm. with my spouse. Then you can like really see like, I, this is a really strong force that I have for good and I can affect that. So it's mm-hmm. virtuous. And that it's you both have, you know, like you both can kind of meet in the middle and you have this incredible collision of virtue that it impacts, not just the two of, but you, two of you, but you said something about it making your your relationship with your kids even better. Like it, it's so much more than just a certain amount of minutes in a certain room doing a certain thing. Like it, it touches so much more of our lives 
And I love what you said about virtue does not equal chastity. Like this kind of similarly was actually just unpacking with a friend the other day that how much we've equated purity with virginity. Yes. And that like Jesus made me pure, like whether I had sex with somebody before I got married or not, like I'm not a used car. I'm not right, like a right. piece of gum. Like I know those, horrible, those metaphors are all awful. Uh-huh. Horrible. <laughs> like uh-huh. forever. Let's just like rele- renegade that to like the garbage. Yes. But uh-huh. if you grew up in that culture, maybe you've learned since then that my purity is not equal to my virginity, but it's probably still like tucked back there somewhere. And I think that that's huge. What you said that chastity does not equal virtue. Purity does not equal virginity. Like you are still worthy and capable of a thriving sexual relationship, no matter what your background looks like. Right. Right. I think it's really important. I mean, at least I think more men struggle with that than talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that seems like, yes. Yeah. Like where they have their struggles, it might be in a different, you know, dimension or a different level, Mm -hmm. but men struggle just as much. So let's, I want to talk a little bit about like, you know, we talked about that there's like the biological, there's the spiritual and there's the relational. I feel like people get real uncomfortable if you try to talk about like having sex and like spirituality, your relationship with God. They're like, oh no, like God's not like watching me while I do that. Like (laughs) I'm not talking to him about that. Uh But the reality is, is if it's something that strengthens your marriage, then God's in it. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I do think like. I would pray to God about losing my car keys once, for instance, and I found them like, like the idea popped in my head where I left them last and they were there. Like, yeah. So God cares enough about me to help me find my car keys. Mm -hmm. Don't you think he'll help me just as much about like my sexuality? And he created it. (laughs) He's not like uncomfortable. Uh Like he's not like oh, these guys figured out something like that they weren't supposed to figure out. I mean, Adam and Eve were naked in the garden. Do you not think they were getting it on all the time? (laughs) I would think so. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh Yeah, I I do think it's back to that minimize or maximize window problem. Like, it's sometimes God gives us a message, but we interpret it wrong. Like ever get a message from a friend in the text message? But the autocorrect totally messed it up. Like mm-hmm. it changed the meaning. Yeah. Sometimes I think same way we like misinterpret God's message for us about sex and then we minimize it mm-hmm. or we maximize it or we, we go on the extremes. And I think when we really understand what message God is really trying to send us, and we kind of make that it's like a balance, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's neither extreme, but really understanding that I think that really puts us in the right context. What did you kind of have to uncover that God was saying to y'all about connecting in that way? Oh, the biggest thing for me was like, it's actually okay that I read books that talk about sex Yeah, that I go on, you know, which I think are non-pornographic, but Mm -hmm. websites that detail like, like stick figure sex position drawings or whatever. Yeah, Like I am really curious and I kind of gave myself permission that this is okay because I'm, I'm not here to like have an affair with another person or take my sexuality outside my marriage. Right. (laughs) Right. No, it's really like, Oh, here's some creative ideas for us to have more fun and to Mm -hmm. make this like a a vibrant living part of our relationship in my life. I love that. Cause like you said, we read 
all, we read all these books about marriage. We read all these books about growing our relationship with God. But when it comes to researching sex and sexuality, we just read like the very surface level ones that are like, sex is good. Have it with your husband. But then like, yeah. I mean, I think about but it's not I, helpful. Like you need, you need detail. How's, how's maybe it's helpful <laughs> to a degree, but like, it doesn't go uh-huh. much past like that surface level. I, I got married pretty young. I was 23. Mm-hmm. And I had friends that got married. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had friends that got married even younger than me. They had no idea what they were doing. None whatsoever. None. No anatomical capabilities. Uh-huh. And like, I was, I think I was, I was lucky I married somebody seven and a half years older than me. So uh-huh. he kind of like knew what he was doing. Kind of skipped <laughs> some of the harder levels. But I think back to, you know, they were reading books like cheat music. And which these aren't bad books, but I'm like, you need an anatomy lesson. (laughs) You need ideas. And we feel like, like, and I know we've talked about this a lot, but we feel like we're not allowed to. And I think if nothing else, you're giving people that freedom to, like you said, get curious, look into things. Like you have discernment, you have wisdom, you have the Holy Spirit. Like you can do this without it turning into a thing. Like get out there and get creative. Right, right, right. And how, so you have, like, tell me about your app because- Intimately Us. Intimately Us, I want to hear fact, about that. In it's, fact, it's a great segue because like part of the app has, you know, tastefully written, I would say Christian friendly, like detailed how-tos about how to do certain things that you may not be comfortable looking up elsewhere. Like how to perform oral sex, for instance. Yeah, I'm downloading to- it right now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. How to like, you know, I, I don't know how graphic going to get, but like there's, there's really helpful detailed how to's on yeah. all sorts of sexual behaviors. And that's just part of it. But there's also like a lot of creative and fun ideas you can do to like kind of switch things up once in a while. Like games and like, stuff. I'm games kind of looking at it right now. Yeah. So the, so the app has games and there's several types of games in there. One of the games is you put in your names and you like pick an adventure because there's several adventures you can choose from. And this is all customizable. Like if you're not comfortable with certain things, you can hit the button and it'll like remove those prompts or you can add in new ones to of your own if you want to. And you essentially you you take turns and it starts kind of with milder foreplay and it it kind of builds up from there and and it gets hot and spicy pretty quick depending on on how it goes. And there's like a random element to it. so, So that's kind of fun. Yeah, that's there's awesome. also like a battle strip, which is like the old classic battleship game, yeah. but instead of like boats on the board, they're pieces of clothing. And so you, <laughs> so you, you sink your phones and then you got to like sink each other's like pants or bra or whatever. <laughs> so it's like a <gasps> that's stripping game. Crazy. That's really yeah. fun. There's a sexy twister, which is like, you know, the old twister game on the board, uh, on the mat, on the floor, but instead of the, the, the mat on the floor, you are each other's like board. So oh it'd be like gosh. your right hand on her shoulder or her left hand on his, you know, other body part, whatever it might be. <laughs> right. And it's like randomized. So it's just to be goofy, yeah. but they're fun. And there's tons of ideas. Like a few, uh, uh, like a year or so ago, my wife and I went on getaway and we, I bought a, like a, a shower curtain, just that vinyl curtain mm-hmm. and some uh, baby lotion, some baby oil. We, we put on the hotel bed, we put the, the curtain over the bed. And so, so it's like all vinyl. Yeah. And then we squirted that baby <laughs> oil on it. And 
<laughs> I gotta say it was so much fun because yeah. you're like slipping and sliding everywhere laughing like all over your body yeah like you're sliding over each other you can't even get up on your hands and knees on the bed before like slipping out like we, we just had such a memorable time like the app has like tons of fun ideas like that like another fun one we've done in the past is made a bunch of little minute to win it games that like bedroom edition yeah yeah, yeah. like uh wearing you put on oven mitts and I got all my wife's bras on the bed and you had to like <laughs> unhook them like one at a time, but you time each other who can do it the fastest yeah. and like tie a, a string to one end of a banana and the other end around your waist. And you have to roll an orange across the bedroom. Like just a lot of little, like little fun yeah. things. We laughed so hard that night. Like it's kind of sexy. It's kind of fun, but we're just like being our goofy selves and just really enjoying Well, in that connection, doing something, whether it's specifically sexual or not, the, the best sex you have is after a date night where you sat and you just talked over a glass of wine for Uh hours because you're connected. Yes. And you're vulnerable. Exactly. And then you go home and it's just this natural segue. And I think a lot of people were so busy. We're inundated. It's noisy, the news and our kids schedules and our schedules. I think a lot of time we're just missing one another. Like we're just not even, so we're trying, you know, like I'm here for, I know some people like schedule sex. And I think that's great if you're, if that's something that works for you. But I think at the same time, maybe on top of that, we're scheduling, like connecting with each other because, you know, when our schedules get super full and when we get really busy, and everything is so loud and noisy, like, yeah, maybe we're having sex, but it might, and like, I think sometimes some sex is better than none, but like, it might not be our best because we aren't as connected personally. Yeah. 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 I, that connection, that foundation is great for good connected sex. Cause that's like the best type of sex you can have. Right. What do you say to people who like you and I are in like the 10, 13, 15 year age range. Like what about people who have been together for way longer than us that feel like maybe that stuff just fades and that just kind of has to be the way that it is? I have a few thoughts on that. When you researchers have done this, they research couples that have, you know, amazing sex lives and magnificent sex. And they're all in their 60s and 70s. Right. Who've been married for 30, 40 years. Yeah. So the the studies or the science is that like it takes a long time to really build up to get to that higher level. Mm -hmm. So although some people report having very amazing sexual experiences with a one night stand, there's it's different compared to someone who's, you know, you've been with for such a long time that you know them so intimately well. And there's this like deepness, there's this depth Mm -hmm. that comes with the sexual experience that you can't have any other way. If things are fading or like things are like not as appealing anymore later in your marriage than it was earlier, it's because you stop becoming vulnerable to each other. Mm -hmm. You stop. It's like, I have things I want to do, but you only want to do like a little bit of it. And then the opposite's true. Like there's things they want to do in life, but I'm only interested in a little bit of it. So it's like a Venn diagram with the two circles and they only overlap a little bit. Yeah. And that's how you live your marriage. It's just yeah. a little sliver. Together. Like roommates. Yeah. And you let that distance. So because you stop becoming vulnerable, the, the solution is to really start getting really honest and 
being honest with yourself and being honest with your spouse and say, this is really the kind of marriage I want. And some people, they don't, they, they stop going on dates. They don't prioritize it. They, mm-hmm. they stop valuing it as highly and it will, you will lose it. It's like anything of value in life. It takes some work and it takes some risk. Yeah. It takes risk to want to have a sexual, a great sexual relationship with someone. Cause you have the risk of rejection. Sometimes you have right. the risk of total flops and total failures. You have the risk of like, you know, one person getting sick and, you know, things not happening. Mm-hmm. So anything of value is going to take some risk and take an enormous amount of effort. Absolutely. But I believe there's a huge return on that kind of investment for happiness than Absolutely. other kinds of things you do. Well, and I think even I, I agree, I think the vulnerability and the connecting. And I think maybe a lot of like the apps and like the games and like laughing and making it fun again is like a gateway to vulnerability and connection. Like there have been times where that's just how thing how things needed to start with us reconnecting was maybe not even sexually, but like just laughing together is uh-huh. is like this weird sense of vulnerability when you're just like losing it and you both think something is so funny. Like I find I feel really connected to my husband in that capacity. So I think your apps and like introducing games, like maybe that's a place to start too. It's just like maybe we feel disconnected. Yeah. We need to go on some date nights and then we need to come home. And we need to have some fun. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's a lot of like, maybe less overwhelming. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. Sometimes when your personal life is really stressed and stressed out, it's really easy for like the relationship to get, you know, to the side because yeah. you're dealing with immediate urgent issues now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just like, you need that reset. Like we talked exactly. about earlier. Exactly. What? Okay. The other thing that I know people, the, somebody listening, and I'm hoping that a lot of like married couples listen, uh-huh. but one of the two people that are listening right now had the higher sex drive. Uh-huh. And I think it's the woman more often than we like to talk about yeah. because I've talked about that a little bit. And I always uh-huh. get so many DMs from women that are like, wait, I thought I was the only one. No, no, no. Uh-uh. Like what's your advice to both parties, the one that's more driven and the one that's maybe a little bit less. Okay. So first of all, you're not weird or not, not normal because in any marriage, you will always, it's like a law of the universe. You'll exactly. always have a higher desire spouse and lower desire spouse. And it's not just sex. Mm-hmm. You'll have a higher desire spouse and lower desire spouse for, I don't know, cleanliness, budget, 100%. spending, saving, in-laws, parenting. Like you'll always have one spouse that's more desire than another. So just understand that, oh, this is no different than Very another facet of our marriage. Yeah. And it's not a problem unless you turn it into a problem. Yes. So if you are the higher desire spouse, which generally are men, but mm-hmm. there are definitely like one study I read is there's as many women who are the higher desire spouse in their marriage as there are people with green eyes. So like, oh yeah, that's now that you like know that yeah. you're like, okay, that's fairly common. Right? Yeah. There's, there's a lot out there. So, and another thing to remember is it's not high desire, low desire. It's higher desire, lower desire. It's always relative. Yes. Like I'm taller than my wife, but it could have been, I could have married a different woman who was taller than me. Mm-hmm. Like, so in this context, in your marriage, you may be married to someone who's lower desire than you. And you could have married a different person 
you're the, still the same person, exactly. but it's relative. It's they relative. could have been a yeah. higher and you would now be the lower desire spouse. So like understanding those things kind of normalizes it for me. When it turns into a problem is when you're trying to extract some sort of validation mm-hmm. or value from your spouse. Yes. For instance, a lot of men I talk to and coach do this. They look to sex as validation that I'm a good person. I'm a good husband. So they become needy around sex. I need it. I need it. I need it. And they're kind of like a mosquito. It's kind of really (laughs) annoying because they're kind of whiny. They're always kind of off in there. And then they'll start to do like little manipulative, Mm -hmm. little passive aggressive. Yeah. Try to, to trying to get sex. I'll do the dishes for you. I'll put the kids to bed because they're trying to earn their legitimacy for some sexual validation. Yep. And they're trying to get something that's not being offered to them. So, so my advice there is a, like recognize, like why you're doing what you're doing when you're so needy on another person's validation sexually, it actually makes you less desirable. Mm -hmm. So what makes a person desirable is, is strength. So, Mm -hmm. So to become strong within yourself and like being able to validate yourself. And this is kind of like we talked about earlier about learning to like see your own value mm-hmm. and like why I am, I'm legitimate on my own. When that's really sexy, that yeah. like self-confidence, mm-hmm. like develop that. And then it's, it's like trying to catch a bird. It's a lot easier to like build a, a really nice uh, birdhouse. Mm-hmm. You have the bird come to you rather than you trying to chase the bird with a net. Like hundred percent. So be the good birdhouse, like be someone attractive that yeah. is worth like making love to. And you'll have a lot healthier sexual dynamic. Yes. You're not trying to like extract something. And the worst kind of sex, you know, we talked about the best kind of sex is intimate sex. I think the worst is duty sex. Oh my gosh. When it feels like it's done out of a duty, like an obligation to check something off. Okay. I'll have sex with him. So he'll, you know, leave me alone back yeah, yeah. for a few days. Like, yeah. like that's, that's not intimate. Right. That's not loving. Like you want to create a sex life where it's like something you both go to together as a retreat. Yes. This is like our way to like, kind of take care of each other right now to kind of get away from the mundane exactly. of the, of the everyday world. Well, and, it's, and then it's mutual. Like it's, yeah, which you know, is what it should be. Yeah. I know as the person in our relationship with like the higher sex drive, when it, I'm doing exactly what you were just talking about, of kind of like mosquitoing uh-huh. it's because I'm trying to find something, not just sex, something from my husband that I should be getting out of my relationship with God. I fully believe that our spouses are in our lives to fill a space and to provide some things and some capacity. And I think that there are a lot of spouses out there that don't fulfill that. Mm -hmm. But I think the other side of that is the reality is, am I asking too much? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. you are like, sometimes you're asking your spouse to be everything that makes you feel okay with yourself. And they can never do that. Right. Right. That's just not something they're ever going to be able to fulfill. And so that was a huge learning curve for us or me mm-hmm. was, yes, it's, I think it's okay to have expectations of your spouse in whatever capacity, but are you basically prioritizing what your spouse can give you over what God can give you? Right. I think that's really important. Well, this is super helpful. I hope the people that were listening were taking notes and downloaded uh-huh. your app and are going to listen to your podcast because I mean, there's just all the things just covered. We just, we covered so many bases. Yeah. Uh-huh. We did uh, tell people where they can find and follow you online. 
on Instagram, it's get your marriage on. And the website is getyourmarriageon.com. Awesome. We'll link all of that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.